We're going to spend probably three, maybe, sessions on this prayer of Paul. This is Paul's prayer for the Philippians in verses 9 to 11. And the only question I'm going to pose in this session is, why tell them what he is praying? In other words, why not just pray in his closet where he is, in this case in prison, and trust God, whom he's talking to, to do what he asked God to do? Why tell them what he's asking God to do? That's the question. So, Father, that's really relevant. I'm praying right now, and I'm praying out loud so that folks can hear what I'm asking. And I'm asking that you would cause your word to be clear. I'm asking that you would show us why we should uh, write to people emails and letters and, and lessons in which we tell them what we are praying for them. Why would we tell our children what we're praying for them or our friends? So show us, Lord, why Paul does this. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It is my prayer that, and then everything here, is a statement of what he's praying. Now, why? Why does Paul do this? Why not just pray in quiet, in secret, and let God do his work so that God gets the glory? And I'm going to just take it at face value that Paul thinks this is a good thing to do. It's wise. What does it teach us? Well, I've got three things in in mind. One, he does it to show that God is the decisive cause of this. If, if we just tell people what we're praying for them because we think in the telling of them they will get encouraged and find hope and that's in fact the reason for telling them, then probably we're making a mockery out of prayer. To be sure, they should be encouraged. But that's not the main reason we're praying. We're praying because God God acts in response to prayer. So the first thing is that he's praying and he's telling them that he's praying and what he's praying 
so that they will know Paul is convinced that at every point in what he is asking for, God is the decisive doer. God is the decisive cause. That's the first reason he tells them. Here's the second reason. Oh, maybe before I move on, I should go back and and just show how he did this in the first part of the chapter, in chapter 1, 3 to 5. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, why doesn't he just give thanks to God in secret? Because in telling them that he thanks God for their partnership in the gospel, he's letting them know loud and clear, God produced your partnership. You didn't originate this partnership. If you originated it, I would thank you. But I thank God for your partnership in the gospel communicates to them God is the doer here. God is the decisive actor in producing your partnership. Same thing down here about what he's praying in the future, not just the thanks for what he saw God do in the past. It is my prayer that, and then all these things, he is saying God's going to do this. Here's the second reason I think he tells them what he's praying. To show... what they should pursue. Now, that's significant because you might say, well, wait a minute, if, if he's praying for, praying for God to be the decisive cause and doer, why should he want them to be engaged in pursuing the very thing God's going to cause. Aha! Which triggers chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, for God is the one who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. If you obey Paul here, work out your salvation, that's your will in action and your work taking place. But, Paul says, actually, underneath your willing is the ground. Do this because God is the one doing the willing and the working. So this is a profound principle in the book of Philippians. And so back here, when he says, I'm going to pray for you that these things happen. Here's what you should be involved in. You should be pursuing love. You should be pursuing knowledge. You should be pursuing discernment. You should be pursuing what is excellent. You should be pursuing purity and blamelessness. You should be pursuing the fruit of righteousness. You should be pursuing the glory and praise of God. 
So in Paul's mind, when he says God is the decisive cause, he doesn't mean you should be ignorant of what God is doing and just stay in bed all day or don't do anything with your will in order to be involved. No, 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 no. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is the one who's going to be the decisive cause. Pursue love, pursue knowledge, pursue discernment, pursue what is excellent, pursue blamelessness, pursue righteousness, pursue the glory of God with all your might, not instead of praying, but because I am praying and God's going to be the decisive doer. That's the second thing he shows us. Here's the the third thing. To show how to pursue these things. And here I'll just pursue these. I'll just I'll just point because the rest of our sessions is going to be about this. He didn't just list love, knowledge, discernment, excellence, purity, blamelessness, righteousness, praise, glory. He didn't list them. He wove them together with logic. He said, your love will abound with knowledge. So there's a connection between having knowledge and discernment and being a loving person. And when you have love and knowledge and discernment in that way, it's so that you may approve what is excellent. So the approval of what is excellent is not a a dangling separate event in your life. It actually comes from, it's the result of love with knowledge and discernment. And this is so you can be pure and blameless. And when the fruit of righteousness comes, it comes through Jesus Christ. And all of it is to the glory of God. <laughs> it's amazing. So in other words, he's telling them what he's praying First, to say, God is the decisive cause. Second, to say, here's what you should pursue that I'm praying God will do in you so that you are partners with God in producing it as you rely upon him. And here's how you should go about pursuing it, which is what all of our other sessions are going to be. God is sovereign. And so we depend on him. And hence we pray. Everything we want God to do, we are drawn into doing ourselves. We don't just stand aside and say, well, I wish I had some love. I wish I had some knowledge. I wish I had some discernment. No, no. We go hard after these things in reliance upon God's answer to the prayer, and we do it in the way that Paul described. 